much. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you love us so well. We pray your blessings upon our time together, and we ask that you would uh, uh, be glorified in what we do, Lord, and that we would uh, be encouraged and grow in our walk with you because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Connie, okay? I haven't heard anything. Okay. Morning, team. <laughs> so, um, this, there was a final challenge this morning, um, and I liked how he talked about uh, just take one of the things. Let's not try to, you, you know, uh, it always reminds me of, of that saying, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? And so you, you, you just start and go, because a lot of times in our Christian walk and in life, we see so much that needs to be done that we just need to pause and go, okay, what can I do now? What, what can I start on? And what is the Holy, in this case, in context, what's the Holy Spirit um, impressing upon my heart? So what are some things that maybe caught your attention during this past week's reading was all about choosing church. Um, and it was really, you know, hey, we need to be together. Um, what were some thoughts on there? Did, did anything stick out to you before we move on? What did you think of uh, the challenge about the 111 hours, <laughs> waking hours in a week? <clears throat> well, it made me think about what I do with them. <laughs> Holy smokes, there are that many, and, and what have I got to show for it? <laughs> yeah. Well, just because our eyes are open doesn't mean we're awake, though. Let's yeah, just... <laughs> and in, engaged, yeah. Yeah, true. But yeah, that was kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, thinking of your first question, what did I, I think about that? But uh, one of the things that I really uh, appreciate is just the joy I have of, of uh, it's just an enjoyment of knowing being able to go to church. I mean, being around this body has been just an incredible, uh, it, it energizes me. I, I love being here. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, I, I'm, a, I, I'm grateful for that. And I think most people, that, you know, being in church, my whole life, and for the most part, and most people understand it's good to gather together, and most people like it when they're there. Um, most of the time, I mean, there are some some circumstances that make it difficult at times for people. But uh, the challenge we have is even those friends and family members that we know who aren't going to church or gathering regularly. Um, they would admit, yeah, it's good for me to be there, but they're not here. So what, what do you think the challenge is, and how can we encourage them? I'm going to lead a Bible study, then they've got to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you, you go. Honey, you just, just drag around and just beat them verbally. Yeah, <laughs> just beat them verbally. Yeah, I mean... Why didn't we think that? Yeah. We're going to make an addendum to Because <laughs> usually they feel, I, I just, you know, of course, some of it comes from me being in a pastoral role. I always get this guilt when people haven't been in church. Oh, I need to be there. But I think even with those of us who hang around with people that we know their context, we know them from church, that's sometimes their reaction to you too, right? It's, oh, I know I need, I need to come to church. Um, so let's take that situation. They say that to you. What should your, what do you think our response should be. 
or what successes have you had in responses? I've had zero success. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the well, well, I mean, they say I should be in church. I mean, so what do you say? Well, you know, you could come and come with me. You can sit with us, mm -hmm. whatever that you would make you feel more comfortable. Or you can say, yeah, you should. <laughs> That's usually what I say. Yeah. <laughs> Give them yeah. the law. And, yeah. and then they're just... Because, you know, it's hard because they have lots. There are probably as many reasons for not being here as there are people who are not here. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own reason. And we fill up those 111 hours with yes. a lot of stuff, right? Steve? Um, to Meg's point over there, uh, uh, my track record of inviting uh, with the winsome personality that I have over there, like with Larry, I've invited him for the last three months. I'll be over there to pick you up Saturday night. I'm not feeling good. I'm, you know, I will be there. You know, at eight o'clock, we will be on time. Not a problem. Week after week, you know. Well, I've got double choreosis of the Ziggy butter. There's, there's some. There's always. That's a new symptom. That's my dad. Well, me and my sisters always. Right. Yeah. It sounds painful. It sounds. It sounds disaster. Double when you get double choreosis. Yeah. So, I have no idea what that is, but. Well. So, um, I don't know, it depends on the person maybe, or how well you know this person, mm -hmm. um, how can I encourage you, what's happening, mm -hmm. if, if that might be too invasive for some people. But no, that's, that's a good one. Usually when people say, oh, I need to be at church, I'm like, you said it. No, I, I mean, <laughs> usually I'm silent because they're feel, especially again in, in the pastoral role, that's all, all, always the response. And so it's like, well, I don't want you to feel you know, more beat down than you're already feeling because you're sensitive to it. But it, your relationship is, is very key. How can I help you? I like that. Steve. Uh, to, to Bonnie's point over there, I'm laughing because I was thinking where I have had successes, like when a pastor saved a. Um, Kenny's life over there. He comes over from uh, Massachusetts and whatnot, and he looks bad. I mean, he's having trouble breathing. He's uh, he's a bigger lad, um, and and whatnot. But anyway, I come over there. And we anoint him with oil. He's he's Catholic, and whatnot. But you know, I, I'm my my other buddy. His uh, in-laws are over in uh, in uh, Cancun, in Mexico, and they're gonna be there for a couple months. And we bring him in because I don't know if he's gonna make it. I'm thinking this guy he might make it another week or two. He didn't look too good to me. And so, anyway, he, he, he does come around. God answers the prayer and uh, whatnot. But it, it just seems to me, when you said what would do it, the one thing that uh, I was thinking when you walk along someone and they are hurting, they're in pain, and when I say I can pray with you or, and see what the Lord will do, because a lot of times uh, they may or may not respond, but sometimes it might be a life or death situation you don't know, especially with COVID. I mean, you just don't know the people's yeah. medical thing over there, you might want to walk with them a little bit and see where they're at. So how, because all of this really, this whole being challenge begins with community, really ends with community, but also in the sandwich in the middle is, is your communion with God. How do you commune with God? And then it's, it's kind of bookended by, you know, fellowship on both sides. So how has your idea of community changed maybe during this challenge? Or has it? Or how has it maybe defined it more for you or encouraged it more? 
<laughs> you're like, well, that was 40 days ago. <laughs> so. Well, now you're expecting us to remember. <laughs> well, it's brought more clarity of the largeness of, of the task. I mean, uh, I, I've become more aware of that there's a greater need of, in people's lives as I go through over there and, and the, the daily processes. You learn that uh, there's a lot of hurting people mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of work to be done. And, and uh, we, we certainly are... We have opposition, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I did get some feedback, um, well, Laura did, from somebody who was like, man, so it made me think about my friends <laughs> and who I hang out with, you know, and, and, and the question was, uh, when you became a Christian, did you start assessing who you should hang out with, or maybe there's some people you shouldn't hang out with, and so, so that was fun to process that, go, well, you know, you still need to be, you know, Christ to them, but it does change the fact that you can't do some of the things or be involved in some of the conversations that you used to. And that's total work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's not someone saying, hey, don't do this. It's just out of growing in the Lord. Uh, you realize, hmm, that's just not really fitting me anymore like it used to. Uh, you know, it's kind of like when you become a mom. And I'm not saying I know how that is, but <laughs> but when you become a mom, uh, so I've been told you 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 that changes how you function. You're just you can't be. Well, even when you think about it, when a woman becomes pregnant and they know that they're pregnant, they change a bunch of stuff in their life because they can't do what they used to to do anymore, and so identity starts changing. Um, now I'm a mom, uh, you know, so. Let's look at uh, Matthew eighteen twenty. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Okay. So, what assurance does this passage give that encourages community? Judgy, um, you know, mm-hmm. looking down on them, that kind of thing. And then they may be willing to accept your invitation to come to church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There seems to be that with two or three uh, gathered, I'm there in the midst. It might be that there's power there, there's uh, a dialogue, a communication. It's not just one way of it. You know, it sounds like the Lord is actually imparting uh, his presence there to embolden us and uh, actually. Facilitate the movement. It's not on us. It's on him mm-hmm. to to answer the the situation where we're at. It seems like he's inviting us to to step out. I mean, I guess for me, when I read this scripture, I pause and and think, man, when I am around other believers, especially you know on Wednesday nights or or uh, Sunday mornings and whatnot, do I have the expectation? of the promise that Jesus is here with us, right? Do I really pause and go, wow, <laughs> he's, I mean, I know he's with me always, but there's something, there, there's a more, um, I guess, awareness when two or three are gathered that, that in his name, that he's there. Uh, so, I mean, for me, I had, when I was just thinking about community and then reading this scripture, I thought, man, what if I really 
really, really pondered that for a moment before we gather together. And when I'm here, do you realize Jesus is with us? Um, Because that's, to me, that changes uh, the significance of us gathering together, radically for me anyway. It makes it more exciting and maybe daunting. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe not daunting. That's probably the wrong word. He's individually with us, too. Right. Even when there aren't two or three. Right. Amen. Well, no, right. Yeah. yeah, the whole, well, we'll get to the week of solitude, but, you know, the fact that he longs to hang out with us. Um, you know, I heard a preacher say, not only does he love you, but he actually likes you. And that, well, and that's the problem, because we, we don't like ourselves. I mean, that's really the, the, we see all of our faults and all of our flaws. Why would a holy God want to hang out with me? What do, what do you give with the parents over there? How many kid up? I remember my mom and dad screaming, you little animals, I mean, just stop doing that. I mean, basically, you know, it's just a, 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 it's comical now, but I just when you grow up, you're just going, man, this is, there's a, a situation response. I mean, it, it, there wasn't a whole lot of, hey, I really love you and I appreciate, it happened one occasionally, but I mean, it was a big a portion of, of, uh, of herd, uh, herd mentality of moving us left and right was, was uh, verbal encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, <laughs> there, there's times where when my kids were certain ages, I didn't like them very much. <laughs> I loved them, but man, you know. And so, but, you know, it's been fun as they've become adults. I actually do enjoy hanging out with them. And they, you know, but there was a time where I'm like, man, this is exhausting. <laughs> so... Um, so how has your approach maybe to studying scripture changed during the challenge? Forces you to open the book every day. I started doing the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, for me, it was... Yeah, I need to to just sit with God's word. Um, so often, uh, I'm just studying for other things, or you know, putting scriptures together for sermons, for studies, or whatnot, rather than just taking a few minutes and and pausing and sitting with it and going, okay, what do you have for, for me today, Lord? What 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 is there? So that that was a good reminder. Let's look at Hebrews 4. Someone get that, and then someone get John 5, please. Four, twelve, and 13. And then John 5, 39. We'll start with Hebrews. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, and to the uh, joint and the marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, and then how about John five thirty nine? You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear the witness about me. Okay, so what is what what is Jesus saying about the scriptures? Sounds like it's more than just a routine 
works. <clears throat> Gee, if I read the Bible, I'll have eternal life. I'm wondering if he's, he's coming about it in a, a kind of a rebuke that, mm -hmm. that you, you go about these things thinking that you've got yourself together as far as uh, making it to heaven. I don't know, was he talking to the Pharisees? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. No, he was talking to one of the disciples, wasn't he? Or what was he? I thought it was the leaders. He searched the scriptures. Anyway. Jewish leaders studied yeah. scripture in minute yeah. detail, just what they read. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the Jews, the, yeah. Right to the Jewish leaders. Yep. The reason I thought that was amazing would be the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, or whoever it was, and it says, you do search the scriptures, because in them they think, but they testify to me. I was just thinking, if you're a, if you're a Pharisee or whatnot, and you, you intimately, you know that, you know it, you've all, you had to go through them over there, and that claim, I'm amazed that it, it didn't say, well, you know, that, that that's a pretty bold statement. They testify to me. Maybe, maybe we ought to look into that. Well, I mean, I think that we know that Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so obviously we do find eternal life, not because of our time reading scripture, but because of Jesus Christ. But the word is a revelation of him. Uh, and so I think that changes, right? When we're Especially so we look at what, what scripture they did have when he's saying this. Um, and it really gives us insight to when we read the Old Testament to go, how do I see Jesus? Where's the revelation of Jesus in this? Because sometimes you can just read through that and go, uh, what? Like I had Connie, she's not here, she would have said that today. She goes, well, she goes well, I remember going through, you know, reading Leviticus. She goes, but now I'm going through it a second time. I already read it once, so I really need to really read Leviticus a second time. And I'm like, I said, yeah, I get that, because it is. I said, but, I said, what it does is it reminds us of, of how, first of all, it shows us that God preserved a nation that he might bring the Messiah through that nation. Secondly, it also shows us our desperate need for a Messiah because we can't keep all of those rules. And so though it can be laborious at times and, and not necessarily applicable to our modern culture and much of it, um, the, the idea is the same as God has high standards. God wants to protect his people. God wants to preserve his people. And God shows us our desperate need for a Messiah that he provided for us. Um, so again, you have to look at it that way, right? Or you're going to go, ah, what is all this? Well, one of the things that I, the thought that just kind of came to me that kind of encapsulates it for me is that studying scripture is different mm -hmm. than reading mm -hmm. scripture. Yeah. You have to get deeper into it and you know, to what Connie was saying. Mm -hmm. I read it once. Yeah. Well, I can say that about a lot of it. In fact, all of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but do I know it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, did I really study it? That's a different right. thing altogether. And that goes back to the Hebrews. It's alive and it's active. When you study it, you, God reveals things that, that, man, I've read that passage before, but I didn't realize the context or I didn't see it as clearly because I took the time uh, to study some other things. And that reminded me of that scripture. Oh, I see how it fits together now. So, Isn't that the difference between reading and understanding, getting in on the test, you know the answer, but... The, the Hebrew over there actually implementing, you know, you might know about heart surgery, but until you actually 
go yeah. in there and actually do it. And you know, you know it up yeah. here, but you actually implement. It. I got a lot of friends, and but they know about marriage. They know a lot about because they've had many of them. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> How would you feel, Steve, if I told you coming in for a triple bypass and I said, "Don't worry, I watched a YouTube video on it." <laughs> <laughs> I rest my case. Or how about this? I'm a mechanic. Hey, I, 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 it needs a new head or a new a new uh, a new crankshaft in there. You lost the engine. Hey, I saw it on the YouTube. No problem. Hey, wait, I do watch YouTube to fix things on the car. So. Well, I do too. And I fix my garbage disposal. <laughs> <laughs> monkey see monkey do. Yeah, that's no. true. It doesn't mean I understand it. Yeah. How about prayer? Ha- has anyone had some change or your approach to prayer during the because of the challenge? Any other thoughts on that? Oh, nice. She's preaching at us. Yeah. She's yeah. preaching at us. No, that's, she's meddling. Yeah. I, I think it was in the book or was Laura. I'm not sure. <laughs> the book I don't. Or Laura. <laughs> but he, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's an, it's, a, it's a great thing to go. Huh. And I think I've shared, I've shared this many times. Uh, you know, you, a pastor I served with years ago, you'd say, hey, can we pray about this? And he'd always say, has it finally come to that? <laughs> right? Which is really what, what Zach's saying. Is it, is it your first response or your last resort? Um, and all too often, our first response is, oh, no, I've got to figure this out. Um, or, you know, someone says, hey, I've been diagnosed with this. Okay, well, have you tried this? Or what? You, you know, instead of saying, hey, let's just pause and pray. Like, what are the doctors doing? And it's like, you know, it's not that we don't want to pray. It's just sometimes that's not our first reaction or response. Um, how about uh, Matthew 26, 41? Someone read that for us, please. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay. So how does prayer then, according to this scripture change circumstances get more sleep so you can pray <laughs> stay awake and pray well I was going to say mind that in the right place. if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken this is right before Peter you know stay awake over there and pray but I, I believe Peter is making a bold declaration the last week over there about he would die with Jesus and all others may forsake you but not me and uh, it just seems to me that uh, our flesh, with good intentions, uh, if it's not empowered by the Holy Spirit of the Lord, we're, we're in deep yoga. We're in, it's, you're in trouble. What would you say, Robert, keeps our mind? On the right side. On the, yeah. On the, I mean, we, by praying, I guess we can see where temptation's coming at us and mm-hmm. avoid it. Mm-hmm. And keeps us from that. I've had a challenge. I was advised to cut back on my caffeine. So I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to test a lot of decaf. <laughs> <laughs> you find a good one, let me know. Swiss and, water uh, process. You know, yeah. I have a pot of coffee. My husband drinks coffee. It's hard. So if you take a minute, just don't let that, you know, temptation. Mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. First day I went cold turkey and that was, that was a failure. Yeah, I, yeah, I was a complete yeah. failure. Extreme <laughs> headache. Yeah. And then, you know, after that, I just like weaned off of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. We used to do quarterly fasts at the church in New Mexico, and it was like two days, and I have supply, so it's no big deal. Two days is not a big deal. So I told Laura, I said, I'm going to start a week early, but I'm going to fast from coffee. Yeah. And so that started on Monday. Tuesday afternoon, she came to me, and she goes, do you hate your family? <laughs> she goes, drink some coffee. <laughs> So I learned not to fast from that. So, but that's, that's not funny. I was just going to say, but my first wife, uh, when I first started dating her, Marilyn over there, she was smoking and whatnot. And she, you know, coming to the Lord, she said, oh, I'm going to quit smoking. And I found after about a week, I'm buying, can I get you? <laughs> Here's a case. Yeah. <laughs> not just a carton, but a case. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, but if you, like, I learned to pray and, yeah. like, Well, and so what's interesting is, so you have that, that alarm that goes off, did you pray? And it's one thing to have that reminder. It's another thing to actually then follow through, right? Because that's what the scripture is saying. Hey, you guys are willing. I mean, I don't think that, that um, God is really judging most of the time. I think all of us want to do these things that build um, our relationship with the Lord and, and are more um, the marks of a Christian. We all want to do that. But the reality is we often struggle doing it because our spirit's willing, but our flesh is just weak. And, and Paul, I love Romans chapter 7. Paul says, the things I want to do, I find myself not doing. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And he says, I see this law that's within me now. And my flesh, nothing good comes from the flesh is what he, his, his resolve is. You know? So if there's anything good... We have to give credit to God because in the flesh we are weak and we, we will stand up for Jesus and then um, a, a, you know, a few days later deny him and then hear the rooster. Um, and we'll, you know, that's just, uh, we're just difficult people. Now, fortunately, we've been given the Holy Spirit, so we, we do have a little more help than I, I feel for Peter and some of the disciples who didn't have uh, before Pentecost, the, the Spirit dwelling with them. And so, man, I mean, I, I have a struggle enough, and I know the Spirit's with me, then, you know, that. How about being alone with God? This seemed to be one of the challenges that a lot of people had. I think this one and prayer really work together. However, what, before I get into the, the, the challenges, or what change in the challenge, what is the difference do you find between praying and, and solitude? Okay. God and not taking a lot of time to listen. No. In the solitude, I feel the challenge of it. Um, maybe when it when it's working, it's it's fabulous, but it's almost like in the back of my mind where I get hit. Well, you're you're just wasting your time, or you're just uh, you're, it's not as valuable. You put a uh, uh, a demented. Uh, value on on or or you know it, it seems like if you're not doing something it's not uh, it's not quite as valuable solitude is not a waste of time but it's not uh, as effective it's very difficult for us I never oh, thought oh you know the only time I ever want to fold laundry is when I'm trying to seek solitude Maybe. all of a sudden it seems like a great idea and I'm like what yeah. <laughs> I don't like doing that uh, 
But we think we need to be productive. Yeah. All the time producing something. I have to have this to show for the time span. Right, so we're looking for that return on investment, right. and and we're we're dealing with the spiritual. There's great return on investment seeking solitude. I mean, Jesus told Martha, Mary has chosen the better part, um, and then we see uh, the man who was uh, all the demons cast out of him, and and then when the townspeople come and they see him sitting at the feet of Jesus, and that's something we don't do very well. It's it's easy. I think it's easy for us to be alone. I mean, I think some of us crave it. Uh, some of us like it uh, more than others. It's easy for us to be alone, but there's an intentionality about seeking solitude with God. And so for me, I was challenged to say, do I expect God to show up when I'm seeking solitude? Do I expect to hear from him? Uh, because often I go, well, I'm going to be alone, but then I'm allowing my, you know, to think about all these other things and, and say, okay, clocked in, clocked out. It says, saying, okay, Lord, here I am. Let me dwell upon your majesty for a moment. Let me think upon how wonderful you are. Let me just spend some time dealing with that. And then, um, as Isaiah said, you know, just stop after and listen for a minute. Yeah, yeah because what Bonnie said, you know, whenever I would try to find some alone time, because there's always something to fill that mm. space, well, then I would want to pray. Well, that's fine. Except that that's the talking and not the listening. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And we, we are instructed in our church life to make your requests known to God, to take your petitions to God, to all these things. And, and yet, um, those are great, and I think we should. And I think prayer should never be a monologue. And that's the challenge. Prayer should always be a dialogue. You know, Lord, okay, this is my prayer. What's your heart? You know, because a lot of times I, I, I'm a good advisor for the Lord. <laughs> like, Lord, this is how things can happen. Let me tell you, um, instead of going, okay, Lord, man, you know, you know what I think, um, but I, I need to hear from you. Um, and then listen. Listen's hard. Listening's hard. I was thinking of, for myself over there when you were mentioning listening's hard. A lot of times that just cleaning out the earwax, the spiritual earwax over there so I can hear, but also the, the fear of, of um, what he might say. It could be yes, it could be no, <laughs> it could be wait, it could be, uh, you know, what I'm saying is a lot of times I wonder in my own heart, my flesh, do I really want to hear the answer? I mean, I'm just talking about <laughs> myself over there, you know. Uh, it may not be what I think I'm, I want. And so that, that could be a little bit of a negative. Yeah. I mean, what's the old phrase? Wherever you go, there you are. So that's sometimes not what we want to see. So listen to Psalm 62. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? The only plan to thrust him down from his high pos- they only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood, they bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. 
Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in, ex- in extortion. Set no vain hopes in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. So how does that passage encourage time alone with God? It's a good one. <clears throat> I'll bet there's a Lutheran hymn written on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe more than one. Maybe more, yeah. yeah. Maybe more is right. This peace comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, David wrote a lot of these. I mean, it seemed like he was always under attack. And, yeah. And here's another example mm-hmm. where he leans on God. And I think in our world today... Um, where we have access to so much that's going on and we, 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 we look at the injustice of the world and we just don't understand um, and we look at this let's wait for the Lord let's pause let's wait though all this is happening we don't trust in all that's happening we wait and, and our soul takes refuge in him and to be alone with God means we're actually stopping and pausing and spending time away from the garbage of the world. Um, you, you know, we, we know the unrest in the world is just, I mean, right now is, um, we've seen this in the world before, don't get me wrong, but we, it's been we, a while. but it's been a while. And uh, uh, I think that we just sit and wonder, okay, we're Lord. Re- we're repeating history because well, we didn't learn from the previous history. Amen. You gotta... Well, there's with evil in the world, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's evil is here. So. Yeah. Well, and that's a great point, Harold. Is that you know, um, though we 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 grieve and we don't like the unrest, the reality is Jesus is not has not returned, <laughs> and so this is the state of the world. Now, it's not that we don't get involved, and it's not that we don't grieve and we don't pray. Um, but we have to, to, to take the time to go, God is still um, on the throne. He still is working, and he'll use this to save many. I, I know he will. It's interesting over there to the degree that we look at the Ukraine thing and the, 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 the news media doing it. But I imagine when you talked about your, uh, your son going to India or the Philippines or the world or China or Pakistan, and you look at the totality the macro view of it, uh, there's there's been hate, murder, uh, killing, uh, just abuse. Whether you're talking uh, the uh, people that are martyred, uh, Christians that are martyred, or or people that attack. I mean, the world is broken, and you know we see the overflow of the Ukraine thing. But I imagine if you looked at the world in a totality, you would know that hey, this is nothing new. It's bad. Yeah. No, no matter where you're at. Yeah. When you were talking about the, uh, your son talked about being in India, just the, the sheer, or Mexico, and go anyplace, and, and it's a third world situation, and it'll rip your heart out. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, obviously, you're all here for Bible study, so you choose church pretty regularly. Um, but the only last thing I'd like to wrap up with choosing church is, um, 
What are some ways uh, that, you know, we're coming up into Lent. What are some ways we can encourage one another to be at Lent services and then also encourage one another to bring people to Easter? What's some thoughts there? Do we have any thoughts? So I would, no, I would encourage us. No, that's fine. Silence is fine. Um, But we have in the back, uh, and some on the table there, back of the pews, the pray and watch um, cards. I would encourage you to to say, I want to pray for this person that they would would come to church. Um, And then sometimes that means I have to be a little more active and say, hey, come with me. Um, Because... I think all of us would say it's valuable for us to get recharged. It's good to grow together. It's good to be together. Um, I can be alone, yes, but I'm missing out on, on some greater joys that the Lord has for me. So let's, let's do that together. Let's pray for, for people and pray for one another. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, Lord. And, and just the, the challenge, Lord, I, I know has, has encouraged many of us just to think about some things. And Lord, also, um, it can be overwhelming, even though it took 40 days, it can be overwhelming as we, we feel the, the lack of, of our spiritual disciplines. And so, Lord, we ask that you would give us um, clarity on the one thing we can work on, the one thing, Lord, that you want to draw us into as we're challenged at the end of the book to say, what's the one thing that we want to start um, doing better? And so, Lord, we thank you for the conversation. Thank you so much that that we are growing together in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Back into Mark next week.